Well, thanks to my friend for that great introduction. This is Dave Hodges. I am your host, and we do try to save America one enslaved mind at a time. You know how we actually copyrighted that phrase? That's right. Anyway, we're joined in this segment by Paul Preston, and we got some bombshells. So let me get the messages out of the way and let you know who brings you this show. We are brought to you by MPS, and they are the best storage food company in the world. Best pricing, best quality, restaurant-quality food. I mean, it tastes great, and they have a good variety. And let me tell you, we are going to have service disruptions, and you don't have to be in the path of a Hurricane Florence. I think George Soros will fit the bill quite nicely. Are we even going to have elections in California? Who knows? We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But the bottom line is, if you don't have six months of storable food, you're flirting with disaster. So you need to go to preparewithdave.com. Check it out. You need to get started prepping now or adding to your meager supplies if you're not up to six months. Preparewithdave.com. Now, where you have food, you must have water. And I've been really distressed when I found out that 218 million Americans have chromium-6 in their water supply. What's that? It's cancer-causing elements. Not to mention, you've got the lead, you've got the pesticides. So I've turned to the Alexa Pure Pro, and I've had it demonstrated for me just how good this is. It is probably, if not the best, one of the top three out there on the market. The manufacturers say, Dave, we're better than everybody in terms of what we get out. And I think they're probably right. They're reasonably priced. One filter will cleanse 5,000 gallons. You need to take advantage of this opportunity right now. They have a brief sale going on until the end of the month. Go to waterwithdave.com, waterwithdave.com. Well, our guest is Agenda 21 Radio and leader of the New California Movement, Paul Preston. And Paul and I talked the other evening uh, at some length, and sometimes our off-air conversations are better than our on-air. Let's hope we can match what we were sharing the other night on the phone. Paul, welcome to the show. I'm really glad you could join us. Well, thanks for having me on, Dave. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's our pleasure, my friend. Uh, you have been kicking butt and taking names, and there's so much going on, I don't even know where to start. So if you were to pick a starting point, what would that be? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like it, there's, there's just a miasma of news and information, every bit of it's uh, incredibly important for the people it's in the, here's the the real deal it's i i, I again want to compliment uh, your listeners and my listeners and our citizen journalists that contribute so much to our shows and uh, it's starting to turn out to be as we really surprisingly i think not really a surprise after so many years of doing this, but realizing that most people are getting their news, real news and information from guys like you and I. And even important, very, very important people in high places listen to our shows because they can't get real-time, real truthful data from the government officials. And, of course, in other words, how can you trust anything in the swamp, so to speak? So it's kind of interesting we've got a strange pathway to getting the truth to some of the high, high, high officials. Well, yeah, the high officials, the ones who leak, the ones who obfuscate the information to President Trump, um, as you know, let me start the ball rolling with this statement. And, and to the listening audience who's followed me and you've heard me say this, I apologize for being repetitive, but this is a decent starting point. Uh, Paul, as you know, and with the witnesses of Doug and Joe Hagman, 
I had a conversation with someone who was meeting with the president in two days, and I shared my concerns about social media censorship, and I told them all the legalities I know as it's been explained to me by attorneys I know and trust, and I know that I got through. The questions I was asked, the statements that got repeated told me this person had a complete understanding. Two days later, Trump comes out with an executive order saying that we are investigating for antitrust violations for these social media companies. And I'm not going to sit here and take credit for this. It's not about taking credit. It's about the president is being obscured from relevant information. And, Paul, you know something, too, about Trump's kids in Google. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting that you uh, brought your issue up, and there's been a a number of other issues that we've been monitoring. And lo and behold, uh, the president is uh, being fully informed, I think, by us rather than other people. But that's just my speculation. <laughs> I know, Dave, you, you can see cause and effect going on when you say certain things, and all of a sudden certain people are saying the same thing days later. But uh, we we understand that there's a lot of disinformation that's being shoveled off to the president. But, uh, yes, you, you, um, you're right on uh, the whole issue of Google and Facebook. And, and, you know, we've all suffered from... Google and Facebook and all the Twitters and all this other stuff over the years, and certainly even GoDaddy, I'll throw that one in there. They do a lot of self-censoring as well, which a lot of people don't realize that they do, but they absolutely do. And if you've been victimized by that, and you put a lot of work into what we're, you know, we're doing, it's hours and hours and hours, a lot of hard work and research, and getting all the thoughts together, then producing a show, it's very, very difficult. And then when they come along and they censure you and, and literally destroy your livelihood, uh, that's a pretty hostile attempt to uh, destroy, I think, really our country in the long run. And Donald Trump realized that. And, of course, Alex Jones was a, an example of how that was all starting to play out badly for Google and really these um, uh, these mega corporations that need to be taken back. But we had uh, some communication with the Trump people in just recently, and uh, the, uh, the two, uh, uh, Laura and um, Eric Trump, made a visit out here to Palo Alto, California, and in the briefing that we were given, uh, they were basically there to tell Google and tell others that uh, some antitrust action is going to come their way. And that was, I think, pretty big news as we got that. We also had an opportunity to talk about New California, which they were very receptive for. Uh, Paul, have you noticed any changes in your numbers since uh, these conversations took place last week? Yeah, we our, our listenership is going up like crazy. And, of course, you know, we're on with Red State Talk Radio, which really is driving, really, we're really having um, – um, a banner year, another banner year in terms of listenership. Uh, everybody's listening to us. We had 36 hours of live, live talk radio every day on two different channels. So um, we know that we're being listened to. I know my numbers just on my podcast and everything else that I'm doing has gone through the roof. And people are calling me and complaining if I don't get my podcast up soon enough. <laughs> That's called a sure side. Things are happening. Yeah, but- I'm getting that. I'm getting that a lot too. Um, one of the things I noticed with uh, YouTube was we had our subscriptions at a trickle. And since I had, well, let me put it this way, since my source had allegedly had that conversation with Donald Trump, uh, we have added over 3,500 people to the subscription list in that short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And that tells you how much they mess with us. 
Well, yeah, and um, you know, we don't even produce too much out of YouTube anymore. Once a week grievances is what we're doing. Um, you know, I used to produce like you every. Well, I was doing it every day on a three-hour basis. But you know, they they took us down for a six-month period because they claimed we had threatening content and just basically uh, took us completely off wire. And the threatening content was that we were bringing to the public the, about the fact that the California Air Resources Board, in particular, their leader, Mary Nichols, was commissioning um, scientific experiments on children who were breathing in diesel fumes to see if it would kill them or not. That This is being done at UCLA, USC, and other places. And we, we aired that, saying, you know, that's against the Nuremberg Code, and we had attorneys who backed this up on all this stuff. And Google... Or Facebook, excuse me, uh, YouTube, within three days took us down and and committed us to YouTube jail for six months because of threatening content. Now these are the same folks that were allowing people to be chainsawed alive by Mexican cartels visually on YouTube for months, and you complain about it and nothing would happen. They would leave it up. Yeah, that's wow. YouTube. That's YouTube. And of course, that uh, there's you can go on. I'm, we're not the only ones, of course. That, you know, but you know, it's still pretty devastating when you know you can't even get an income from that any longer. So why use it? But the censorship is just over the top. And you know, when we had um, uh, when the this past election here in California, the primary election, we knew what was going to happen. We predict, predicted what the election outcome was going to be. And it was interesting. We wanted to have a whole flood of certain candidates come over to our new California, and which a lot of them did. And it's interesting, the day after the election results, we were just getting slammed on Facebook and also on our website. And, I mean, the numbers were just astronomical. We were getting every 10 or 15 seconds another inquiry from Facebook. Everybody was just going crazy. And with by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we were delisted off of Google. We were delisted off of Google, and Facebook shut us down. Hmm. And we that like that for uh, over 24, well, over 48 hours on Facebook, and we... We finally got our YouTube, or not our YouTube, but our website back up within an hour. But we were off. We were number one on Google, and we're like found 15, 16 pages back. Wow. All because of New California, and of course that just New California. You just can't, you know, go against Jerry Brown and the folks. We are, but that's what that was. They they conspired to get. It was exactly three o'clock when the, both of them went down. Now, how do you do that? Well, that's because well, they control. Listen to how I was demonetized today. Uh, first of all, I did a broadcast on the fact that Eric Schmidt denied that Google ever censor, censors because of political content. And I said, here's what I found when I search engined myself on Google. And they demonetized that for simply quoting their former CEO. And, and they they demonetized me. Oh, gosh. They, they demonetized me for things like uh, Hillary says, this is how we're going to take back the government. So I have quotes in there from Hillary. Uh, you can't do that. You can't quote Hillary if it could ever put her in a bad light. Right. Uh, it, it's just absolutely incredible what, what they do to us. Um, I had another one where um, I basically said, uh, Antifa's unacceptable comments 
And do you remember Antifa on their website a couple of days ago came out and said, we want to start slaughtering people? Yeah. 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 And, and you can't mention that. You can't mention that, but they'll keep it up for them. Yeah, but they will keep Antifa going. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So who's who's got the inappropriate content? And yeah. uh, I hear I hear what you're saying. And uh, the president's actions couldn't be coming too soon. Well, I think they have a big surprise. And it's just like this big surprise with Kavanaugh. And it's just, you know, one thing leading to another in Rosenberg. I mean, wouldn't, isn't life, life is not good for Rosenberg right now, you know? Oh, you mean First, Rosenstein? Rosenstein, I'm sorry. That's Rosenberg. okay. I know. Steve, life is, uh, I'm sorry, I, you know, I've, I've got to apologize to the public because I've been eating a lot of popcorn and drinking a lot of soda pop and watching the whole drama unfold. It's been fabulous TV. I haven't, the, I haven't seen the reports recently. Where is this whole thing at? We're pre-recording this the day before he's meeting with the president again. What, uh, uh, yeah. well, what he are they saying? He doesn't really doesn't know which way to go because, you know, the report came out that he, he was going to resign. And it really sounded like very, very definitive reports uh, that were happening. And all of a sudden we find out, oh, no, I'm not resigning. Who, where'd that come from? You know, so Rosenstein, now at, this comes on the heels of Rosenstein not being able to apparently meet with the president when he wanted to meet with him because I guess he was getting, the president was giving him the cold shoulder. So I guess if you're an employee and you're thinking, well, you know, the boss is kind of like um, not wanting me to report to him and I really can't get in to see him. So he's feeling rather slighted and gee, I wonder why. And of course, then that whole thing about the wire comes out last week and Donald Trump goes, I'm shocked. I'm shocked to see that, which is just basically being very sarcastic about Rosenstein. Um, I think if you would be a little bit nervous if I was him, and uh, of course, Trump has him basically or he wants him. Now, I think this whole timing of whoever leaked the the story about Rosenberg was brilliant because it just takes everything away from Kavanaugh. And then, of course, that whole thing's falling apart, too, on the left. So you're basically seeing the Justice Department, I think, starting to unravel. And at the same time, you're starting to see people like Dianne Feinstein being held accountable for very, very vile and disgusting uh, methodology uh, being foisted upon uh, Brett Kavanaugh on the hearings on the, in the uh, uh, on his uh, justice, Supreme Court Justice Confirmation hearings. It's just been absolutely despicable behavior on their part. But, you know, see, I think, Dave— this plays really well for the electorate because people are turning away in droves from this behavior by the left. They don't want to be associated with this kind of stuff. And I think it's good circus that way. I think it's, that's why I say I'm breaking out the popcorn and watching this spectacle collapse right now. Paul, <laughs> let, let, let me give you a, a little disclaimer from the Hodges uh, encampment here. Um, when I was uh, training to be a therapist, I did a practicum in a battered woman's shelter. I identify with these women. I've seen the dark side of the treatment of women, and it's horrendous. When hashtag MeToo came out, I was critical of Cosby. I was critical of Weinstein. I said Weinstein should be locked in a deep, dark hole for a very long time. And I support women in this endeavor. But let me add a caveat. I'm not in favor of the Kavanaugh appointment. He's too liberal for my taste, and I don't like his background. I don't like the fact that he gave Vince Foster's uh, situation a walk with a phony investigation. But that aside, keep in mind, I don't want him confirmed. That's my personal view. And I support women who are victimized and abused. And neither one of these women, 
and this is coming from someone who has a stake in this professionally, neither one of these women have any credibility. I mean, right. they're, they're, the second one, uh, Ramirez, she's naming people that are saying, I wasn't there. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, so now why are we still discussing her? Her whole storyline has been blown up. And then you got this other person, this Dr. Ford. Uh, her story is not believable. I mean, Paul, look, I, I've dealt with mental health issues. I understand incubation effects. But here's what I don't understand. 36 years. Right. That's, a hell, that's a hell of an incubation. That's over. That's a half a lifetime. And then you go in and you say, I never told anybody. Did you ever tell a counselor? How about your best friend? Surely you had some feelings of being victimized. And often these victims blame themselves and they feel guilt. Surely she had to get that off her chest and share it with somebody, but she didn't. And, and, and then everyone else is coming out who knows her and saying, no, 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 no. And then it seems like she's uh, daddy's little party girl. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, she tried to scrub that evidence from the net. I mean, Paul, Paul. I support women's issues. I supported them. Hashtag me too. But, but hashtag me too doesn't mean because you say it, it's so. That's right. <laughs> it's it's yep. crazy. It's and, and I don't like Kavanaugh. Why are we still discussing this crap? Well, you know, this is um, what the mainstream media. This is all they're reduced to now. This is the thing that I think the learning piece for everybody looking at this is that the people, the public, are seeing this circus play out right in front of them. And there's no there there for any of this stuff. You know, as an example, this Palo Alto University, where she's supposed to be a professor. Okay, <laughs> when I first heard about this, it was reported here, it was to us that it was Stanford University. So the first day or so, I'm going to Stanford University. Then I found out, then I'm listening to one of our local, uh, they call themselves a conservative station out of Sacramento, but they're really a, um, a very, very ultra-liberal station. It's kind of interesting to listen to them. And so they, they do this play on words. I'm pulling into the driveway of my car, uh, into my house with in my car, and I'm listening to the radio station. They talk about how this, this Ford is from Palo Alto University. And, and I'm going, Palo Alto University? And I'm saying to myself, well, that's Stanford, isn't it? Well, there, the confusion was raining because Palo Alto University is not Stanford University, but it's aligned to it. And it's a, it's a school for psychology, basically. And they offer a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and no one's ever heard of it. And so I called some friends that I, I know that work at Stanford, and I said, it's the first one I said, who's been there 20-some years. I said to them, I said, have you ever heard of Palo Alto University? And they go, what? What's that? <laughs> they hadn't even heard of this place. Now, this is somebody who's known really noticed that they hadn't even heard of it and the other person i talked to said well you know i did hear about it from somebody who i was walking a dog with one time <laughs> and i said you know have you heard of this place so it's it's uh supposedly one of the uh, aligned colleges quote colleges associated with stanford university mm-hmm. a lot of deep state operations have gone on psychological type of operations. oh like sri stanford right. research institute right yeah, yeah, I like that. I was walking my dog, and this is where I heard it. This is the Paul Preston Comedy Hour. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Paul, i, I got to tell you, and, and I'm walking away from all my teaching, all my academia now, because I'm going to focus just on this. And um, I have to tell you, I, let me count the years now. I did community college, gosh, I don't know, 12 years 
I did university, graduate and undergraduate. I'm doing the math here. Uh, 14 years. 14 years. And um, I've never heard of Palo Alto University. <laughs> I've never heard of it. I, I've been a college basketball coach. I did that for 10 years. I've never heard of Palo Alto University. <laughs> and I thought I knew all the colleges, but I never heard of this. P-A-U, Palo Alto University. P-A-U? P-A-U, yeah. So it's like Paula. Paula yeah. Alto. It's Paula's College. Right. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, anyway, it, it's, um, it, when you start really digging into it, it's like everything else. You know, what these people still do not understand, Dave, is that we sit around, we walk around, we check things out, we get up and move around the world, and we act, are actually doing work, getting information on people, places, and things. And it's really not that difficult to do if you really, you know, have some connections, especially as you build connections. This is the essence of citizen journalism. It just takes us really a few minutes to suss everything out about these people, and they don't understand that we can do it so quickly. And this woman apparently was spending a lot of time scrubbing her own background, you know, with these Internet services that never can be scrubbed. It, it's just, wow. it's almost laughable at this point. And it's a comedy of errors. Now the problem is with this woman and her attorney is that they're really upset that Grassley is going to have some sort of woman prosecutor do the cross-examination of Ms. Ford during the hearings. I thought, really, what a great idea. That's brilliant. Why have those white men up there, right? Because they're emphasizing white men. You know, cross, do any kind of questioning or cross-examining. They'll just have they'll bring in the big boss, the big woman who can come in and really slam her. And she's supposed to be a specialist on on uh, sexual uh, crimes. <laughs> so now they're now they're backing away. They don't want to come and testify. So we'll have to wait to see in the next couple of days how that's going to pan out. But I don't think she's going to testify. You know, I've been around this game long enough that I remember hearing the testimony of one of the women who was uh, drugged and attacked by Bill Cosby. And she provided such consistent detail. Her body language was congruent with her message that I knew she was telling the truth. I just said, yeah, this woman's truthful. Uh, before I could convict him in a court of law, I'd have to see some evidence, but I believe her on the surface. But when I see these two, they are absolute liars, and they all have these deep state affiliations with the, the far left, uh, it's 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 not even I can't believe that the Senate's not saying get the hell out of here. I'm serious. Get the uh, hell out of here. I think that they're um, at that point of doing that, and I think the uh, the real problem that these people have is the fact that they're now gonna, it's not going to be these folks. It's not going to be the senators that are going to be asking the questions. It's going to be a prosecuting attorney. Yeah. Who's a specialist in these issues? And quite frankly, they have the right to do that. They can do this, and I think it's absolutely an excellent idea that they do. Quite frankly, I think it's marvelous. They should be doing this, and um, you know, as a as a result of this, what's going to happen is they're going to get to the truth. And the truth, as you know, Dave, when you when you bring women up 
or you bring men up and they're you ask them just you start asking them some simple questions about the charges that they're bringing out you can tell right away whether or not they're going to be truthful and stand up on the, under any kind of scrutiny and quite frankly this whole thing stinks from the get-go she's got no credibility and i don't think she'll last five seconds in front of a prosecuting attorney i just don't think that that will happen and yeah. i think it's going to blow up on their blow up on them and i think they're going to stop it all i've seen that kind of questioning paul when i've uh, been called to testify uh in a rape trial right and i've done that uh probably two or three times and i have to tell you the defense attorneys they bring their specialist in and it's a tough go for the woman especially if you know the woman's been raped and you just feel so sorry for her because these women are about ready to get their hat handed to them because even if you are a victim, you're going to walk out, walk out of there feeling like garbage. And these right. women, if they're lying, they will crack. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. This is real typical. What they'll do is they'll come in and say, okay, how did he touch you? Do you use right hand, left hand? They'll say, what fingers? Okay, show me. Show me. And then they'll come back five minutes later after they've done their questioning and ask them to repeat the same story with the same detail and watch how the story changes. Mm-hmm. That's, how they, that's how they're going to get them. And, and even even um, those that have been violated, the story does change, but it doesn't change nearly as much as what you'd find with somebody who just forgot about what they just told you because they're lying from the get-go. Exactly, exactly right. The story, the gist of it, our memories in life are pretty good for the gist of things. It's the details where we're faulty on. Right. And uh, it's I've always felt sorry for rape victims that had to go through that kind of cross-examination and quite frankly that's why a lot of them don't come forward and uh, this is why i have such an affinity and and such sympathy for women that go through this but there's nothing that these women have offered that make me want to believe them listen i'm against kavanaugh i wouldn't have minded seeing him blown up but i'm not going to stand by and let the left pull their bullshit and continue to do what they're doing when i know they're lying right Right, and and they they're clearly lying. <laughs> anyway, so um, I look forward to. I'm just making a minor prediction here. That I don't. I, it's a fifty fifty chance right now whether or not she's going to testify. And if I had my druthers, um, hearing that they're now panicking. I mean, really putting on the panic because they have a deadline. They've been given a set deadline apparently on Thursday, and this is the way it's going to be. This is how the cows eat in the cabbage in in the sense that they're going to have the prosecuting attorney there. These are our terms that Congress is saying, which I'm glad they're finally saying it, that we're going to have this prosecuting attorney. We've given you all these opportunities, and this is our way of doing business. And if you don't like it, don't show up. Exactly. That's exactly right. Now, as a note to the audience, you're going, gee, Dave, I'm hearing this past Thursday. Well, some people will hear this sooner because we are going to produce this as a YouTube, put it on the website, but we're also going to run this on our radio show as a pre-record, just because we're going to get into some other things that won't be decided and things that we need to watch out for. So, Paul, let's shift gears away from this issue and let's talk about Things we can talk about going on. Let me start with, and here's what I don't know. I don't know how much you can tell me on certain things, and I get that. But let me t- let me start on my end. Alex Jones displayed films and pictures of multiple people crossing the border who are heavily armed. And um, I have been developing these connections to Red Dawn. I've talked about how it's internal. It's going to be external. 
Kathy Rubio came to me, and she's presenting me with evidence that shows that Noriega, excuse me, not Noriega, but Ortega, Daniel Ortega from Nicaragua, is working closely with the Chinese. They're funding his military, and they have formed an alliance to protect Venezuela against American imperialism. And I think this is a, a rallying point for the Red Dawn forces south of the border. And just yesterday, last night, a Chinese ship shows up in Venezuela pretending to be a medical ship. Uh, what do you make of all this? Well, I think they're preparing for some sort of um, real action. Uh, in, an, in an, I, I really believe that. I think this is we're starting to see uh, the early stages of perhaps an invasion of the United States in some way. And this invasion has been going on. This is, I mean, the word invasion is what we really do have to use here. You know, I'm looking at, um, you know, uh, one of our grievances that's up on our screen here. You know, we do grievances every uh, Tuesday. For New California. New California State. Right. And we're actually, we said that we initially were going to read 40 grievances for 40 weeks. We're at grievance number 36. I mean, we've been hanging in there and reading a grievance for 36 weeks now. And it looks like um, our people are going to actually decide to go for another additional 55 after the 40. So there's a lot of grievances grieving to be had against the state of California. But, you know, one of the things, Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution of the United States is very, very clear and very, very plain in that says that our government, it's called the Guarantee Clause, our government, the United States government, must provide for a Republican form of government, protect us from foreign invasion and domestic violence. That's what's guaranteed in Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution. And right now, this invasion has been going on for years, and it's really started to pick up. And as I, I, I know you're aware, but maybe the public doesn't know, we reported on this today, um, even more so from our past stories about the invasion at the border, is that they picked up 2,000 um, illegal foreign nationals, a lot of unaccompanied minors, and family units. That's pretty important to understand that. Family units in a very, very small location in Texas. Now, this is important because what that means is that the broad frontier was being unguarded because the uh, the border patrol agents have to come in and spend pe special attention and time with these with the children and with the families which means that their guard has, has to be let down so the border is even more prone for more people to come across illegally now what has been happening and what we've been reporting and what we've been finding out and i know you've been doing the same thing is a lot of these people such as what was depicted in the videos that uh, alex jones put out there are armed people and their military units. And this is very, very alarming. They, at least they appear to be military units. There's, there hasn't been a, um, a real mar you know, marching of troops in, like in a traditional sense. These are all being done stealthily and done at night. A lot of those cameras that are, of course, those uh, wilderness cameras that are out there, and you can get a glimpse of what's going on. Um, but this is a real deal now, and we know that uh, there's been a lot of preparations by our own government over the last several months. You've been reporting very, very well and very, very accurately about some of these events. And, uh, um, you know, we just continue to get confirmation after confirmation that something big is about to happen. Probably it, it could be before the election or it could be right after the election, but something potentially is could happen that could be very, very dangerous for this country. Back in 2015, I got an anonymous letter from someone who claimed to be a high-ranking Texas Ranger. And I published the email in its entirety. And 
he basically said that I was focusing too much on Jade Helm and that I was focusing too much on the Walmart conversions. He said, we have good intel that we have cartels and ISIS inside of Texas, and they're capable of taking over small towns and wiping out local police departments. And I keep going back to those words. By the way, the the, uh, article you're referring to with the 2,000 family members coming over and being apprehended, that was in Breitbart. I actually reported on that. Mm -hmm. And see, it's the great diversion. You're absolutely right. Where we have to rush Border Patrol to handle that many people, then they're moving military in somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to your audience, and um, you were reporting, we've, we've been reporting, all of us on the alternative media, these events and the circumstances around it for years. So but the, the big thing that's happening now is it's becoming more, uh, it's more frequent and there's more people coming across the border than ever before right now. Um, in you know obviously at nighttime, but also uh, in th- in through trucks and things like that, um, in unguarded border areas, and that's why Donald Trump is calling for the wall. I mean, they they try they were testing the system big time, and we absolutely called this right when they came across with the so-called caravans back in you know March and April, and basically what the caravan was is Pueblo Sin Frontera, a religious group that's on the American side of the border was organizing basically bringing human beings, traveling human beings, um, gathering human beings by way of Central and South America and up through Mexico, primarily Central and South America. Then they travel, traverse Mexico in large caravans. And the first caravan was being reported, oh, it's only 500 people that this wonderful relief group called Pueblo Sin Frontera, uh, they were absolutely moving only 500 people. Well, you know, we we did a quick Facebook check and we started looking into it. Within about 30 minutes, we determined, no, this first group is like 10,000 people. Hello. And then there was another group that was massing. That was going to be another. And this was in a matter of days. They were marching 10,000 people to the border. And, of course, by the time they got up there, it was several thousand people. They had dissipated quite a few of them. The Mexican government basically uh, were called out by Donald Trump and everybody else. We were, we were whistleblowing, so the numbers diminished. Then when they got to the border, well, you know, Jeff Sessions and those guys did the right thing. and said, hey, if you guys come to the border, you have to follow the rules. So if you have families, you have to do the right things. You have to go through the proper process. So he started processing the people. And come to find out, Dave, as you know, um, when they, they've had these things in the past with the with the uh, Obama administration, they just let them come across and, you know, uh, cite and release and all that stuff. But they were never given the rules that they had to follow the proper protocols. They just ignored that. Well, Sessions said, no, we don't re- avoid the rules. You're going to have to go through and be processed. And, of course, that started the whole stink about separating families, and which had been going on all the time. But, you know, people were complaining that these these family units, quote, family units, were made-up family units. You had, you know, a woman and a man who wanted to come to the, to the United States, so they'd actually rent children to be their children at the border so they could get across the border easily. And then they'd send the child back to the parents. They rented the, fa- the child. And then some, ch- some children were actually bought. And people found, found that to be shocking, or they'd say, oh, Paul, that just can't be true. That happens all the time. <laughs> That's the nature of the beast. So Pueblo Sin Frontera, they were ultimately shut down because Donald Trump brought in the National Guard. That's one of the reasons why he did that. He was not going to allow the, uh, I guess you would say, the Muslimization 
as we saw in Europe, occur here in the United States, which is exactly what that was. It was a plan. So they, they did a beta test back then to see how well we would do and how well we'd respond. Now they've come up with a different formula of bringing massive numbers of people across the border, and they're doing it right, right now to influence the November election. And you're seeing this play out in no, no better place than Southern California in my former hometown called Orange, California. These people are being brought in by the droves, and they're being brought in and housed. Then they take them down to the DMV where they get their driver's license. And, they, of course, what do they get? They get voting rights. And they get a voter, you know, register to vote, you know, that sort of thing. And now what you have is a situation playing out in the city of Orange where you have a ton of illegal foreign nationals that are flooding into that small community. Well, it's not really small, but about 100,000, 120,000 people. But what it's going to do is influence those those people are going to vote, and they're going to influence the local elections. And we know that what their strategy is is to influence the local election, like the city council and then also the city council's water or the, uh, the county supervisors' water boards and school boards and things like that, even as – non-citizens they they are electing these people illegally and they're allowing to be elected that's the other thing um, that is something that has been happening in los angeles and now in orange county on a scale that is mind-boggling in this particular election cycle they're being assisted and helped by chapman university of all places and chapman university is becoming quite the haven for communist development by way of a guy by the name of Peter McLaren and other uh, communists from South America, which is basically what they're trying to do is create a, they, they actually created a Maoist cell out of Chapman University. And of course, it's um, has risen its ugly head as communism in so many different ways, a lot of community organization, a lot of polarization, a lot of people being called racist and so on. It's the classic uh, Marxist Maoist uh, technique to infiltrate and take over a community. And that's what they're doing right now. And that's why they have so many people coming across the border. They're flooding them. They're not going to just do it in Orange, California. They're going to do it in other places throughout California and also uh, Arizona and Texas. You're starting to get a lot of people, uh, a lot of a lot of people coming in and trying to influence his elections there. This is their takeover plan. And um, this is running up against the, the clock. I mean, we're going to run up against the, the election. And whether or not um, there's going to be violence associated with that, I don't know. That's their call. But I hear some very, very big rumblings going on at the border, which I think is very, very frightening. Well, my best military source tells me, well, let me back up. I'm going to defer to even a higher authority. Paul Martin has some excellent sources, and I mean excellent. And he has sources in the, at the Air Force Base in Laramie, Wyoming, they're preparing for their words, Red Dawn. I wrote about this today. And not only that, they're saying the impetus is Cal Exit. It's like command and control. Do you agree with that? Um, I see that as a, as a possibility. I do. And I hate, you know, I really don't want to have to say that. And I know everybody's going to say you're just a conspiracy. Well, you know, gosh, Dave, how many times have we been called that and been true all the time? Um, we just don't say these things lightly, but unfortunately, um, what they have really tried to do, and they haven't been successful like I think they have been, but I think their rallying cry will be Cal Exit. And I think the rallying cry will be there whether, whether or not they have the 
people and places and person, you know, all the things that go along with it, in line for that rallying cry to be proven successful, I don't think they've got it. But doesn't mean that they won't try, and it doesn't mean that um, you know people might not get hurt in the process of trying to stop them. And that's really the balancing act. We're in sort of in a balancing act period right now because these people are bound and determined to carry on the separation of California and you know the Southwest, if you will, break it away and let it become either its own nation or part of Mexico. La Raza, La Raza, La Raza baby. And Mecha, and of course the Reconquista movement. Yeah, there you go. That stuff. And the one thing that stands in the way, one of them, of course, is the new California state movement. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. One of the things that happened back in 1836 is you had Texas and you had California that wanted to break away from Mexico because re- declare their independence. Remember that in 1821 and 22, Mexico broke away and became an independent country from Spain. And by, and of course, Alta California and Texas were part of that package of, for Mexico. Well, in Alta California, which was above Baja California, above San Diego, there were a whole bunch of Spanish, Spanish descendants that were living there, and they were known as the Californios. And the Californios were the ranching, and they had a, 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 quite, a, quite a culture that was growing on there. They decided that they wanted to become independent from the centralized power of Mexico City. In Mexico, they were tired of the totalitarian mindset that Mexico City, even though they were newly minted, so to speak, nation, they still never lost that totalitarian mentality. And the Californios stood up and declared themselves independent on November 3rd, 1836. A lot of people don't want that history out there, but it's true. They created the other Lone Star flag, a huge red banner, red, red, white, uh, red, or excuse me, white banner with a huge red star on it. Red star. See, stars um, symbolize freedom and liberty and hope. And of course, the larger the star, the more the, the larger the idea for hope and freedom and liberty was. And they did the same thing in Texas. There were two states that had ultimately developed and that were originally Lone Star State. California was one, and so was Texas. And later on, California became a republic, and Texas was a republic, which mean, meant that it was its own nation for, for a while. In the case of California, it was only 22 days, but it still hung on the, on the flag. But this big red star, interestingly enough, this flag, to tell you how they've changed history. Nobody knows this history, what I'm talking about. It's just been suppressed. Well, it's been suppressed for moments like this, because why? What we're seeing right now is this whole idea of reconquista, this whole idea being played out that the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo should be null and void, and they're going to take back California. They're going to take back Texas. They're going to take back New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, and you know, this, and of course. They, they, they want, we won it fair and square. <laughs> they gave it up. We bought it. And, of course, it's not only that. That was 18, what, 1848, 4648 Treaty of uh, uh, Guadalupe Hidalgo. But preceding that in 1836, the Californios and the Texicans wanted to get away from Mexico, and they declared their own independence. People forget that little bit of history, that it was the people of Alta California that wanted independence from Mexico to begin with, and that big flag with that big star, red star on it symbolizes that. Here's the thing. 
to show you how suppressed this is. When I first started doing the research on this, I didn't even know about this. This is about three years ago. I mean, I was in the education business. I, 41 years in California schools. I thought I knew California history. I studied California. I did not even know about this until it was pointed out to me by a friend. And I looked at it and I started researching. And they said, that actually, there is a Declaration of Independence out there. I said, really? It took me three months to track it down, a picture of it. And there's two of them left. And the one that I got was the first time I saw it, it was all in Spanish. And then I found a translation of it, and I had I had one translated word for word. And the, in other words, they've been scrubbed from the internet, as is the flag that's been scrubbed from the internet. It, you can find it in very few places, but the original flag has been kept in secret. It, are you ready for this? This is at the um, not the Roy Rogers Museum, but the other one, <laughs> the other guy. What's his name? I'll think it was that name. Uh, Gosh, just at the museum the other day. This is what happens when you get older. Anyway, it's it's being housed in a museum down in Los Gene Autry's museum down in Los Angeles. I went down there uh, last Sunday. I walked up to some docents. Beautiful museum, the Gene Autry. I recommend people go. It is absolutely gorgeous, and there's a lot of good history, but you got to suss through it. So you go through this museum. And I decided, well, you know, my biggest goal is to see if I can see the flag. Now, I knew I couldn't see the flag because I'd already talked to their curators and so on and research of this whole thing. But I did happen to want to, you know, see where I can find out about the history of the Californios in this museum. So I walked up to the curators, not the curators, the um, docents that were up there, their forum, and I said, you know, I'm here to see about the Californios. Can you tell me where I can find out about the Californios? And this is no joke, Dave. As soon as I mentioned Californios, it was like the blood rushed out of their body. <laughs> I'm serious. How'd you find <laughs> that out? Well, it's just like the Tejanos. And, right, and Same. a lot of people don't know this. That when you look at uh, uh, defenders at the Alamo, they, they the people of that whole community were against Santa Ana. It's being right. cast as it's white imperialism. Really? Yeah, it, 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 is that why Jose Despalier died? Is this why? Let me scroll down here. I pulled up the list: uh, Carlos Espalier, Gregorio Esparza, Gonzalez, Rodriguez. There right. were many people with Hispanic surnames who died at the Alamo fighting against Santa Ana because they didn't like his tyranny. These right. people, James Bowie married one of these women. So well, that was the same yeah, tyranny of the California. The exactly. It, but see, the revisionists don't want you to know this part of the history, that these were unified people, both from Mexican background and American Southern background that came together and says, we don't want anything to do with this despot. And yet it's cast as white imperialism. Right, and of course that's been the flip of the script. So I asked the I asked the docents. So they said, "Oh well, it's downstairs. You'll find them downstairs." And I said, "Oh, okay." And so I said, "What about the flag? There's this big flag, a big white flag with a big red star on it. Is that being displayed?" <laughs> and of course, the person who was with me, who is the witness to all this, by the way, I mean, she she said that these people just were in shock. I mean, you could tell that they were just they didn't want they were kind of getting a little testy at this point. I'm digging a little bit too deep. I said, I'd really like to see I, that thing is so important in history. I was saying, of course, I knew exactly what the response and what what they were giving me was going to be like, and of course, it panned out that way. So they were quite amazed. So I go downstairs in the Gene Autry Museum, 
and look around. There's no ref. There's only three places I found the word California even written in reference to the Californios. And of course, it, the the characterization of the Californios, you got it because they were white. They were Spanish descendants. They were monsters. No, they love course, they love freedom, and that's all, why they did what they did. They, they what they did was they wanted liberty and freedom and get uh, be taken away from the centralized government because they realized how oppressive it was. And by the way, you got the religious elements that come into this too as, as being very, very repressive to the Californios. So they wanted freedom and liberty and independence. That's why they came out with a Declaration of Independence in 1836. No one knows the history. Huge white flag with a red star on it. And that's the Californios, and we're paying tribute to them, and we recognize that in our movement as the first Declaration of Independence uh, for California. The second one was, of course, the William Ida Dec Proclamation of 1848, which is the Bear Flag Rebellion, as they call it. That's where they got the bear, and, and where it says bear, uh, California Republic. But also on that flag of California today sits the Red Star, the Red Star of the original flag, of liberty and independence of 1836. You can't escape that history. That's there and very, very well known. But that's why California has a red star on its flag. It's in tribute to the Californios of 1838-36 Declaration of Independence from where? Mexico. There's the evidence. We were declaring independence from Mexico in 1836, well before the Treaty of Guadalupe Hildago. Yeah, that's uh, 12, 12 years before. You're exactly right. Well, Paul, this has been amazing. We have covered such a variety of topics. This may actually be the fastest segment I've ever had on the Common Sense Show. I mean, it's been fun. It's been entertaining. But uh, before we go, and I want to leave you enough time so you could talk about how people can follow your good work, and we've got about 45 seconds. Well, you can go to Agenda21radio.news. I'm on from Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific. That's 9 to 12 uh, Eastern, of course, uh, on Red State Talk Radio and also the New California State Movement. We're having our second constitutional convention coming up on October 5th and 6th in Irvine, California. We had it in Northern California beginning with the first one. Now we have the second one in Southern California, and it's going to be a barn burner. We created our government in the first constitutional convention and the opening lines of our constitution. Now we're going to actually put the constitution together in terms of a framework and an outline, and we're actually going to create, are you ready for this, the reformed California government, because we anticipate, just like they did in West Virginia, that the California government might not be around too long. Yeah, I, I get that. And I get that, the fact that the Trump could be moving in. And we're going to have to do a follow-up. We opened up about 10 can of worms tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know that we solved anything, because nothing's in a resolution phase right now. But by golly, Paul, this is... This was an amazing walk down memory lane. Uh, good history, good current events. Uh, what a great interview. And I'm not saying because I'm part of it. This is fantastic. i, I got to share this with you before I let you go. You've been heavily requested. I have had about a dozen emails in the last 10 days. When are you having Paul Preston back on? It's been a yeah. while. Get Paul Preston back on. And I said, okay, I'll get Paul Preston back on. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've had Paul Preston back on. I hope you enjoyed the information. We won't wait so long to have him back. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thanks for being my guest. It was really a lot of entertaining, fun, and great information. Thank you very much, Dave. Thanks for joining us.